0: Good evening, Steeler Nation, and what a great evening it is here, New Year's Eve. You are listening to the New Standard Podcast. I am your solo host today. My name is Neil Kulong. I am usually joined by Lance Williams. He is out on assignment, defending the freedoms and liberties of all Americans and celebrating New Year's Eve with his wife, I believe is the the excuse he gave us. He did watch the game though. I know he's very excited for it as am I as you should be as well because winning games is why we are here. The Steelers won today in impressive fashion. Uh significant 30 there's that number again. 30 to 23 over the host Seattle Seahawks. A game that pushed the Steelers to 9 and 7 on the season, a mark that as I am sure you are well aware means the Steelers under head coach Mike Tomlin have gone 17 consecutive seasons without a losing record. A non-winning streak, because he's got a couple 8-8s and thrown in there as well, but that's a pretty remarkable feat, however you want to cut it, and I'm sure thousands of you, or one or two, will complain over the fact that they have not won a playoff game in however long. Tomlin's a terrible coach. They should have been a lot better. They lost to two two and ten teams when they played them. I get it. That's why they play 17 games. That's why they used to play 16 games. He wins more than he loses. You wish the team was a little bit better. But if it was such an easy thing to do, I think most teams would be doing it more often than they do. As it is, the Steelers are the only team to do that. And Mike Tomlin is the only coach to do that. So congratulations to the Steelers and Mike Tomlin for that accomplishment. But the specifics of today, I think, are the real headliners here in that I'll say this boldly. I don't think the Steelers even have a quarterback controversy anymore. I think they have their quarterback. And I think out of absolutely nowhere, it turns out that it's Mason Rudolph. The reason I say that, we talk about pedigree often, which is something Kenny Pickett would have over Rudolph, certainly, uh, in every way imaginable. What I saw today, to add another P to the list, is poise. Rudolph paced himself in that game perfectly. He did not rush anything that he was doing. He took what the defense was giving him, and granted, they weren't really giving a whole lot of fight on the ground. Steelers rushed, I believe, for what, 4,000 yards, something to that effect, 202 on 46 carries. That absolutely helps your offense, but they were a good third down team today. Rudolph was accurate with, I think, every throw he made. Uh, that might have been his best passing game he's had as a career, and I I, I understand that's the bar is not set very high when it comes to that, but he, he played very well today. Uh, an outstanding game in a, a critical situation. We'll get to the Steelers' playoff situation here in in a little bit, but they clearly had to win this game going into uh, going on the road to play an opponent that you aren't very familiar with. You don't play very often. For them to put up the performance that they did overall speaks volumes to uh, the radical shift in direction this offense has gone, and to no small. Margin is Rudolph's contribution to that. The Steelers scored sixty-four or sixty-one points in the five games they played prior to Rudolph taking over. In two games with Mason Rudolph, they're two and zero, and they've scored sixty-four points. Rudolph today, statistically, eighteen to twenty-four for two seventy-four, a one-twelve rating without. A touchdown thrown, uh, and he only he only got sacked once. Eleven point four per attempt, which is nearly double uh, what the Steelers had averaged prior to this mini streak that they're on right now. Back to back monster games for wide receiver George Pickens. Seven for one thirty one on nine targets in this game. This is a guy he averaged eighteen point seven a catch on nine targets today. Uh, with seven catches that's a phenomenal game um i personally felt he had a reasonable shot at offensive player of the week last week he won't win it this week either but two excellent games for pickens down the stretch after he was absolutely dogged by myself and many other people in steeler nation fairly so he's responded to that at a high level and that leads us up to what i described as the play of the game the catch of the game and the throw of the season late in this one to flip the field rudolph hit pickens uh deep down the right side basically sealed the game for pittsburgh at that point um, seattle had just kicked the field goal they had the opportunity to get the ball back uh, on that drive with the chance to take the lead The throw itself was as measured and composed a throw as you can make in that situation. The pocket was on top of him. Pickens was clearly not the primary read on the play. But more than anything, you saw Rudolph stand in the pocket. None of the white guy with stiff hips, backward spin move to try to escape. He stood tall in the pocket. He made a flat-footed throw that had to have gone 40 yards if it went an inch. And it was thrown just a bit out of the reach of Pickens, but it was at a spot in which Pickens was the only guy on the field that was going to catch that ball. For Rudolph to have put it where he did, 34 yards, excuse me. For Rudolph to put it where he did, uh, given the gravity of the situation, third and six, one of the few third and mediums and third and longs they they faced this entire game. Uh, 11.35 left in the fourth quarter. It it It's the play of the season. It really is. If the Steelers, and we'll get to the playoff stuff here in a second, but if the Steelers are able to advance to the postseason, we can look back at that throw and say this was a significant part of it. And it's, it's one time in Several weeks, the Steelers' offense stepped up and and made the plays it needed to make to take back control of the game. Instead of putting everything on their defense that did not play particularly well today, they took the game into their own hands and they sealed it, With not entirely, but uh, it it led to a field goal from that play. If if that goes incomplete, they're punting with 11.35 left in the game. Because it's complete, they got a field goal and they drained it down to 7.07 uh, when they they got the field goal, and kicked it back to Seattle. Then the defense came up with the big play. The playmaker himself, rookie Nick Herbig, uh, strip sack on Geno Smith, who Geno Smith, I felt, played an excellent game today as well. Steelers get the ball back. They're able to pick up the two first downs they need as Seattle had two timeouts remaining, burned those timeouts. Najee runs for the first down, slides short of the goal line like he should have. Steelers bleed the clock. The game is over. The Steelers have nine wins this season. Where the hell was this a couple weeks ago? Where was this a couple weeks ago? If truthfully, if they had half of this against Arizona, against New England, they they just won. You know it. it they would have just won their 11th game this season you know you're you're, you're looking at a, a a pretty nice situation uh, heading into what's looking like a pretty wide open AFC i mean granted baltimore's just beating people now but it, it, let's see if that continues um for for them it's a good team but there are a lot of good teams in the afc i don't know if there's a great team in the afc Um, we'll, we'll Baltimore clearly is the one right now that would fit that bill, but the Steelers have found offensive continuity under Rudolph. And a large part of it is my opinion, just from what I've seen, and I'll watch the game again tomorrow with a little bit more uh, objective of a lens, but Rudolph stood in the pocket and delivered the ball. He handed the ball off. You have to credit what they're getting, uh, from Eddie Faulkner from Mike Sullivan offensive line might have played their best game this season. It's coming together now. Unfortunately it might have been a little late considering where they are. They, they don't have control over their playoff destiny. They can win next week and not get into the playoffs at 10 and seven. Um, That would be a shame because this team now is, is clearly better than it's been certainly toward the, the end of the season but probably better at the, than it was at the beginning as well. Still some holes, there's still some problems to fix. I'd love to hear from you guys though. Keep making comments, let's throw some questions in here. It's New Year's Eve. <clears throat> I'm not a partier nowadays. I'm not really doing anything, but at the same time I've got stuff to do. So we're going to we're going to get through this as quickly as we can, unfortunately to say. <clears throat> but What we have with the Steelers at 9-7 and is a a must-win game at Baltimore next week. Baltimore wrapped up in impressive fashion, uh, the the top seed in the AFC. They don't have anything to play for next week. The last time they were in this situation was 2019, and we got to see Robert Griffin III braying like a jackass around the field um, as the Steelers' season was hanging in the balance anyway. I wouldn't imagine Baltimore is aiming to sit all of their players because they sat a lot of them in that game against the Steelers, celebrated against the Steelers, celebrated themselves all season long, and then got their asses kicked in the divisional round by the Titans. I'm going to guess John Harbaugh remembers that. I don't think it's a good idea for them to sit everybody the entire time. Um, They would love to not have to deal with the Steelers and and at the same time uh, end their season. So I I would imagine you're going to get most of Baltimore's best um, next weekend. As it is, though, the Steelers need a slew of things uh, to get into the playoffs. It's a much better situation for them now, but they don't control their destiny, um, I believe. I've been digging for that. I really can't find it, but probably should have had that prepared. Yeah. Yeah. This is the New Standard Podcast. My name is Neil Kulong. Lance Williams normally joins me. He's not here tonight, but we are recapping the Steelers' thrilling 30-27 to win over the Seahawks in Seattle in Week 17 to move the Steelers to 9-7 on the season. Uh, I don't know what your dad's question is. I would try to answer it, though, I promise. need the Jags to lose and the Bills to do something that's good. You know, honestly, I, it, this is the story here. I, I The playoffs are important, obviously, but the bottom line is they have to win next week. Um, we'll get into the scenarios, what that looks like. I have a couple guests in mind that maybe we can talk to on Wednesday about those teams' chances and what they're going to do this weekend. This is the question. I'm guessing this is what my co-host is prodding me to ask. Is Mason Rudolph gone this offseason? I don't think there's a way in the world he can be gone. At the same time, and not coincidentally, I don't think there's a way in the world Mitch Trubisky can come back. So to be honest, it's it's a no-brainer. Mason Rudolph has made himself an extraordinary amount of money the last two games. And if you're looking at market rate, uh, give or take eight, nine, maybe $10 million a year uh, on a two-year deal, I, I think that's what you're signing Rudolph for. Um, you're going to say he's going to be the back of quarterback, but I'll be honest with you. If, if <laughs> this is crazy, we're getting way ahead of ourselves and we'll be much more negative when they lose next week. But if, if Rudolph wins next week and then he wins a playoff game, okay, how is he not the starting quarterback? Um, it, it's, a, it's a weird, almost sad level of quarterback controversy in Pittsburgh, but I, I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, Rudolph has played exceptionally well. Uh, Okay, exceptionally is probably a a bit of a stretch. He's played very well. He has played above varsity-level quarterback for the last two games. That that doesn't mean nothing to me. I didn't see Kenny Pickett do that more than once in 20 games. Rudolph, our Cinderella man, if you're familiar with that story, a, a, a boxer, James J. Braddock, who has a tough run on his luck his career is kind of over as a fighter a lot of bad things happen to him he realizes kind of what he's fighting for and in that he had broken his hand so he learned how to use his left hand um as, as a dock worker got a lot stronger all of a sudden he had this left jab that people didn't expect and couldn't do anything with all of a sudden he's champion of the world Rudolph right now is a candidate for Cinderella man because he was not the same quarterback Today or last week, as he was when he got put into the doghouse, when he was, you know, not extended, when they signed a guy in free agency, then drafted a guy and let him be the third stringer for the better part of the last 30 games. He's not the same guy anymore. I don't know how you could think right now uh, getting rid of him is a good idea. In fact, I'd even argue this. If he's not in Pittsburgh, it's because somebody else is going to sign him to that $10, $11 million contract per year. Um, Look at this season across the NFL. How many backup quarterbacks have played? How many backup backup quarterbacks have played? Have you ever heard of something called Jaron Reed? No, you haven't. He's starting for the Vikings tonight. That's their fourth quarterback. They've started this year. I don't know if you guys watched it. I, I saw Nick Mullins throw maybe the worst pass in in NFL history last week for the Vikings to lose and basically end their their playoff chances. So they have to go with another quarterback right now. Mason Rudolph looks pretty damn good comparatively. Now, we're not saying he's going to get $50 million a year. We're not saying he's going to be the unquestioned starter anywhere. But I don't know how you get rid of him. You got to keep him. Got to keep him, in my opinion. This is the new Standard Podcast. New Year's Eve. I hope you guys are looking to celebrate with friends, loved ones, whoever. Be safe. Make smart decisions, as my high school baseball coach would say. Stay eligible. We had a problem with that with one of our teams. It wasn't me. The la- the the big play that we we're talking about with Rudolph. Uh, was the, the throw to Pickens. It was an excellent throw. Pickens made a, f- a phenomenal play on the ball. Rudolph put it in the spot that only Pickens was going to be able to get to it. He had faith that he was going to be able to do it. He made a play, and it's because he stood in the pocket. I, I We've all seen Kenny Pickett bail with far less pressure. Rudolph stood in the pocket, flat-footed. He delivered that ball. 34 yards down the field where it needed to go off a little bit. Maybe he's got guys in his grill. He has no room on the side. That's a, that's a man throw. It was a great play. I can't emphasize strongly enough how clutch of a throw that was. That's the biggest play of the Steelers season. And it probably is going to be uh, following next week as well. Huge improvement in terms of where he is, of what he can do. Of playing within himself you have to kind of ask yourself it is it did the coaching change inspire any of this we saw Pickett briefly to be fair Pickett didn't get a ton of run with this but he wasn't playing well in the, the early part of the Arizona game anyway Trubisky his career is over as far as I'm concerned I don't know who else wants to sign that guy uh, except for ironically the Mason job which is We'll sign you at the league minimum because we can keep three quarterbacks and we'd rather have an emergency veteran quarterback instead of starting Jaron Reed in in a a playoff game basically against our rival like Minnesota has to do tonight. He'll get a job because of that. Nobody wants Mitch Trubisky to play. Rudolph, though, you look around, lots of teams, their fortunes could have flipped this season if they got back-to-back performances from Rudolph, I've made the joke Um, that it, it, it's not, you know, this this isn't all about Josh Dobbs, but the Josh Dobbs phenomenon. You can come in as a backup. You can play a couple games pretty well, get people really excited, and then the bottom falls out. You, you turn back into a pumpkin. You are who we think that you are. Rudolph, to me, didn't do enough, like, flashy, fluky kinds of stuff to think that it, it's it's a, a, a joke. He made big throws when he had to in a traditional setting. Nothing against Josh Dobbs, but breaking down the pocket, getting outside and running is not something that you can count on every single play. When a team stops playing you in man and just plays zone because your quarterback is going to escape anytime you get pressure, they're going to kill you. And That's what happened to Dobbs. That's usually what happens to Dobbs. Rudolph, needless to say, doesn't have that problem. He's not going to get outside the pocket. Career high five carries from Rudolph today with four conversions on third and fourth down. Pretty impressive. Big game for Rudolph. Steelers win 30 23 over Seattle, improved to nine and seven on the season. The talk is entirely about the Steelers quarterback situation. An outstanding game from Mason Rudolph, certainly when it counted. Big time play from George Pickens as well, who had a monster game. We'd be remiss if we did not point out an excellent, excellent performance from the Steelers' offensive line. Um, Rudolph was sacked one time, wasn't really pressured all that often, but it was the ground game that really got all of this going for the Steelers. 46 carries today, 202 yards. It's an average of 4.4 a carry. That includes, excuse me, six carries from Rudolph because we're counting the kneel down for five yards with a long of two, take that out. You're looking at 40 carries, 197 yards, three touchdowns, paced by Najee Harris, maybe his best game as, as a pro. 27 carries, 122 yards, and two touchdowns. Would have had three. Did the smart thing, though, and got down inbounds, giving the Steelers the ability to kneel it out inside the Seahawks' five which is the ultimate uh, ultimate power move in the NFL, in my opinion. When you kneel it out inside your opponent's 10, uh, you're, you're sending a message. Speaking of messages being sent, I'd like to point out the uh, <clears throat> performance of one Joey Porter Jr. today. Now, the glass is half full. We're going to say that Porter didn't, Commit a penalty today. It's been a while. Okay. It was warm out the last time Joey Porter went a game without committing a penalty. That said, he was taken behind the shed by DK Metcalf throughout this entire game. Um it it, it was embarrassing, in my opinion. And it it goes to show <clears throat> something that we have seen and criticized. It really does not seem that they put a whole lot onto Porter to become a complete player that annoys me outside of being a Steelers fan. I was a big Rod Woodson fan because Rod Woodson was a complete player. I did not like Deion Sanders because Deion Sanders was not a complete player. Deion Sanders was a better cover cornerback. Nobody would argue that there are very few, if any, in the history of the game that were better than him in the pure skill of, of, of past defense. Joey Porter Jr. is is not Deion Sanders. He is nowhere close to Deion Sanders, and he's not going to be close to Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders can make a business decision. Joey Porter doesn't have a business. Joey Porter is a lemonade stand. He doesn't have any bona fides to act as if. He doesn't have to be physical. He doesn't have to play the game. He didn't do that today, and Metcalf knew it. And the best part of it is, Metcalf's a bully. That's a guy I want on my team. He beat him up anyway. Porter wasn't even fighting back. Metcalf beat him up anyway. It's the way he should. Garbage holding call, by the way. Absolute garbage holding call. Um, you don't get to to lie like a you know it, you're faking death on the field and and get penalties against you. Absolute junk. This guy does not like Joey Porter slander. On this podcast. Well, tell me, sir, what, what is the script? Then you, you tell me what is the script. What should the script be? Should I should I continue to sing Joey Porter's praises? Should I call him a lockdown cornerback some more because PFF said one time that he was, even though every Steelers fan absolutely hates PFF, <clears throat> The fact that they gave positive grades to Joey Porter means that he's the, the greatest thing that's ever happened. He played like walking ass today. He got abused today, and it deserves to be called out. You don't like that? I don't know what to tell you. Holds are not quite what you think that they are. Um, I don't think he was held an exceptional amount. They are allowed to physically grab the player. The question is, how long do they do it? How much is it truly restricting the player from making a play on the ball it doesn't happen nearly as often as you think it does to be fair i think they called one holding penalty all game and that was on metcalf and that was a junk call anyway they let him go on the line um we've had references to something called devin bush and something called Artie burns i don't really know who those people are anymore um i will point out though in Artie burns's defense it's pretty impressive he's still in the league (laughs) you got to give him that um doesn't work out for everybody. But guys with his traits, uh, they get drafted in the top 45. You know, maybe the Steelers reached a bit. I think that's, you know, <laughs> more than fair to say. Um, didn't work out for him. He's made a nice little career for himself. I You know, maybe this is the type of player he was going to be. Takes a bit to stick around for, for seven years in the NFL. Uh, good for him for doing that. Steelers... Offensive line, overall today, put up perhaps their their best game this season. Hold me to that statement. Come Wednesday, I will watch it again. Just my knee jerk reaction. Also talking to people that know far more than I'll ever know. Uh, It it was a very impressive performance from them today, and that anchored the win. Uh, I believe Jonathan Vilma was keying on that. uh, Certainly at the end of the game, they got the big plays when they needed them. A lot of QB sneaks. That was kind of crazy. Uh, there was a time people absolutely loved railing on on Todd Haley in particular for never running QB sneaks with Ben. Uh, they ran what four of them today, five of them today, uh, and they converted. You know, I, I thought they kind of got a spot a couple times there, but they they converted and it's good uh, to me. What that means more than anything else is the fact that they put themselves in position to be able to use a QB sneak on a leverage down. Third and one, fourth and one. They actually got those yards. They're not facing third and eight every series anymore. Remember that? <laughs> it literally happened every series. It was a great balanced performance from their offense, which is getting steadily better uh, since the removal of Matt Canada, since the quarterback change. Things are coming together, and it really just goes to show two most important parts of your offense. If it ever needed to be questioned, was it, it, it's it's your offensive coordinator slash coaching direction however you split up the duties of an offensive coordinator and your quarterback if you don't have those two things you're not going to be successful and that's what the Steelers were uh, prior to the 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 Rudolph fantasy run which we're watching right now that's how crazy this is Rudolph is is playing far above um his same team peers to this point and he's got two games um Yes, thank you, Lance. Only four players caught passes. I might argue that maybe those are the only four players who should catch passes, to be honest with you. Uh, George Pickens at nine targets, with Johnson, Friarmuth, and Warren splitting 12 between them, four each. Seems like it's probably about right. It, it doesn't look very good. You might act like you know, balance is the key, not really not when you have a playmaker like like Pickens. Johnson made hay with his plays. He had a great great catch uh over the middle on another key down. Throw might have been maybe a little bit off. I don't you know I'm not entirely sure but Johnson came down with the had, Johnson had 4 for 76. He had a higher average per catch than than Pickens did. 4 for 4 with a long of 42 yards. They made plays today. They made an impact in the game today. They ran the ball very very well. That said, this is what the Steelers have coming up. Critical Week 18 game at Baltimore. Baltimore has clinched the top top seed in the AFC. God help us all. Lamar Jackson, after his unreal performance today, which was even better than it was last week somehow, um, just won every MVP vote that there is. And... The Ravens are the top seed in the AFC. They don't have anything to play for in this game, except for the fact that the last time they benched all of their starters and basically gave them two weeks off. They came out flat as Nebraska and got boat raced by the Titans uh in the the AFC divisional round. I would imagine they're gonna play they're gonna play their guys. The Steelers need to win and get some help to qualify for the playoffs. It's that time of the year. Once again, we're going to watch the Steelers game, hope that they win. And if they do, we're going to be watching other games and uh, figure out where the Steelers will be following the season. Will they return to the playoffs? Will they miss it for the second straight year? I don't know. One thing I do know for absolute certain today, there is no chance they are benching Mason Rudolph next week. If they do, teeth will gnash. There will be all kinds of problems. And hopefully, either way, though, the Steelers' season does not end. With that, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you all for tuning in. My name is Neil Kulong. You've been listening to the New Standard Podcast. Please check us out post-games as well as Wednesdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. We're going to be breaking down uh, everything that's going to come out of this game, uh, the injuries and whatnot, leading into uh, a Week 18 playoff game against the Ravens, the hated Ravens, the division champion, and the AFC top-seeded Ravens on Wednesday. Lance will be back. We're all excited. The kid's back in school Wednesday, so I won't have to tell her to be quiet every five seconds when I'm off air. It's going to be great. Hope you can all tune in. Thank you for listening today, though. Steelers win 30-27, 30-23, 27 30 move to 9-7 and on the season. 17th consecutive year, the Steelers have a non losing record. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you next time.